Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'll be your host once again for this week's episode. Joining me on the show this week is Chris Lawson of TechnicianFind.com. Chris is going to sit down with me and we're going to talk about linking up shops with technicians. Uh, that's what he does for a profession. Uh, he does work more with the shop side of things uh, to help them find technicians, uh, but he's going to fill us in you know, with some tips and ideas for a technician that's potentially looking for a new shop or a new position or even within the shop that you're at, maybe some tools to uh, give yourself some more leverage uh, if you're looking for an increase in pay or other, uh, maybe some intangible benefits that you're looking for from your employer. So that's what we're going to chat about. This great talk. Uh, Check the show notes for the link uh, in case you want to pursue anything with Chris further. Uh, Maybe you're a shop owner and you'd like to hear about what he has to offer. Uh, The link will be in the show notes. But with that out of the way, let's jump in. Well, good evening, Chris. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we connected uh, via email here. And this is actually my first time meeting with you, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm going to find out right along with everybody listening what you've got going on and uh Maybe that's the best place to start is uh, let me know, you know, the company you're involved with and what you guys do. Sure. So the name of my company is uh, Technician Fine. And what we do is we work with independent uh, uh, repair shops in the aftermarket. And uh, we you know work with mobile shops. We work with uh, diesel shops. And what we do is we help them find technicians and help. How did you get involved with that? Um, the way I got involved with it is I, uh, uh, I've owned a social media company since 2012. And uh, in 2017, I was asked by a client of mine who had a mutual client to come and do a, uh, a social media presentation for 10 auto repair shop owners. So I went and I did the, the uh, meeting and I taught them about social media. I ended up getting nine of the 10 shops as clients over the next six months. And it completely changed the trajectory of my business. So the first thing I figured out was we got in there and started doing Facebook ads. We got in there and started doing Google ads and doing lots of things. And what I realized was uh, that they really needed help with is finding technicians. So mm-hmm. what we did was we did a pivot and uh, we applied our direct response copywriting skills to writing ads. We applied our social media marketing skills to getting those ads out there. And then we um, applied our, uh, our internet skills, so to speak, to directly reaching out to technicians to um, get them connected with independent shops. Okay. Awesome. <clears throat> and it is, it's specifically the independent side of auto repair that you're working with or? Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't really work with dealers. Um, what, you know, they've got their own, you 
know, recruiters and things that they deal with a lot of the time. And we really specialize in working with the independents because a big part of what we do is going in and having an onboarding call and asking a bunch of questions so that we can make sure that uh, that they get positioned against their competition in the local area. Gotcha. Um, well, that, that's a good place to start too, is what are you looking for in a shop in order to work with them? I mean, is there a situation where you're just like, hey, this isn't right for us or... How does that work? Yeah, there there are situations where it's not right. Um, more than anything else, what we do is um, we have a 14-step process that we go through. And the 14-step process allows us to generate a consistent flow of, of, uh, of leads, of resumes, of applications. And um, the center of that whole process is what I call the triad. It starts with the ad at the top. You want a really unique ad that you start with. If you go to Indeed and you look at Indeed for all of the ads for automotive technician, they all look exactly the same. It's the same Uh headline. It's what they want is the same. The requirements are the same. So we start with the ad. That's kind of the apex of the triangle, so to speak, in the triad. If you go down to one of the um, corners, then that becomes social media marketing. So if you have a good ad and then you get it in front of 20, 30, 40,000 people, something magical starts to happen. Um, mm-hmm. you get more response rates, you get people who show it to other people. You said, you know, somebody's spouse may tag them and then they'll end up seeing it through somebody's spouse that's it, or their friends or their family. So that's the other, um, the corner, the other corner of the triad is direct response. So you want to reach out directly to, uh, the technicians who may not even be looking because a lot of the times, you know, if you're a good tech. You're not out there really looking for, for work. And a lot of times what we found is, you know, if you're a good tech and you like what you do or you're self-employed and, um, you know, you're, you're just chugging along, you may not have an up-to-date resume. You're probably not on Craigslist or on Indeed or on, you know, Zip mm-hmm. Recruiter looking for a job. So you have to do some direct outreach in order to get in front of those techs who, you know, they may be open to an opportunity, but they're just not out there looking for the opportunity and throwing more and more money indeed is not going to help you if they're not looking. Yeah, um, that's very true. Um, th- there's a lot of technicians that listen to this podcast and I-, I would say it's primarily technician based and yeah, they're all working right now. And of course, um, various people looking for different opportunities, but you're right. They're in it. They've got a job they're going to every day. They're not necessarily out there seeking these positions out. So you would have to get creative to get their attention. Um, What what about an ad or a good ad attracts or catches the attention of a technician that you found? Well, I approach this from kind of a different perspective. Um, I think a lot of the time when someone is working with a shop or shop owner or a manager, they're thinking from the shop owner's um, perspective and they're thinking from the manager's perspective. And that's, and you can tell when you read the ads. I started completely opposite. What I did is I said, um, I, um, ended up serving on the board of directors for this 20 group. I'm still on the board of directors for this 20 group. And, um, I said, what I want to do is I want to interview your top techs. 
So I went to each group, uh, each shop, and I said, hey, could you set me up with three of your top techs or two of your top techs for smaller shops? And I said, I'd just like to talk to him for seven minutes. I just want to ask him some questions. I want to say, and I did. I, I got on there. I had seven questions, and I asked him questions like, you know, what pisses you off about a shop? You know, what do you hate? What do you like? What do you like about your job? What do you see happening in the industry? Um, is there anything that scares you in the industry? And then I asked specifically about the ads. I said, you know, what is it about an ad that turns you on, turns you off? Um, what do you want to see? And I got a lot of really good feedback. And whenever I write an ad, I write the ads for the technician. Because um, if you can match up what a shop has to offer with what a technician wants, then I think everybody wins. And that's really why I like working with um, independent shops, because it seems a lot of the time um, they're able to offer an environment that's a little bit more um, uh, family-friendly, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. You. The technicians have direct access to the decision makers. They feel heard. They feel like they're part of the family. And sure. I think that's really important all the way around. Yeah. Um, I've, I've definitely experienced that myself uh, working in the independent field as opposed to a dealership setting. And it's not to say that a dealership setting, I, I've always said there's a right place for everybody, right? There's yeah. guys who fit yeah. perfectly in that that spot at the dealership and then vice versa for the independent, but you definitely, um, you're, you know, you're a tight group in an independent shop. Cause yeah, you know, everybody, maybe the owner's there every day with you. Um, and that definitely is, is right for certain people. Um, going back to what you had said about questioning technicians on, you know, what do they like about a shop? What, makes them upset about a shop or management. Can we, can we dig deeper into that? I'm curious to know what you found when you spoke with them. Sure. Um, you know, I think the biggest, there were several things that uh, really came up. Uh, the biggest one was not being respected. I, I mean, that came up over and over again is um, when someone isn't respected, they just, it, it makes it a drag to come into work every day. So that was a big one. You know, money's always there. You know, money's always mm -hmm. part of it. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times, you know, some of the independent shops can't offer what uh, some of the bigger um, dealers offer. Um, their sign-on bonuses, they can't offer the same types of sign-on bonuses. And, and, you know, quite frankly, the benefits packages aren't the same either. So, you know, that's one of the things that's always a consideration. Um, another one was um, just uh, they didn't like the management. So there was different problems with management. So, um You'd have a service advisor that was feeding gravy work to certain pet techs, um, you know, playing favorites. That was a problem. Um, uh, being treated like a number, that was always a big problem. Being treated like a, you know, like a, a widget inside of a big machine and, mm. you know, having to be on call and working nights and weekends and not really having a, any type of a life. You know, that was another big one. Sure. And, you know, a lot of these um, not really having an opportunity for advancement. And that was another big one as well. So it's a lot of the typical things that you would expect. But what for me was what really stood out was a lot of the things that, that um, were most important didn't really revolve around money. And it's, you know, it's like, hey, if you can get me in the ballpark, I'd rather be part of an organization where we're not being shady. 
And mm-hmm. I heard that over and over again is, you know what? I just got sick of this company asking me to do shady things. And that's why, I mean, I even have one shop owner. He says, you know, I used to be a tech and I was a tech. I was doing fine. I loved it. I was tech for, you know, 15 years. And then all of a sudden the shop owner started having me do all of these shady things. And he said, ah, you know, I just don't want to do that. He ended up going and starting his own business because he just got sick of doing all these shady things that, um, his uh, shop owner was asking him to do. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely something uh, if, if your moral compass uh, is being questioned all the time, it's, it's some, not someplace you can stay forever. But I found that's interesting as time's gone on and I've gotten to know more and more people throughout this industry and experience it myself is, yeah, money is important. And that's why we're there is to make a living. But that's, surprisingly, a lot of the decisions that people make career-wise and shop-wise and what direction they're going, like you mentioned, don't happen to be centered around money. Okay, okay, can I get a livable wage? Can I do the things that I want to do after work, you know, recreational stuff, toys, whatever. And then as long as I'm kind of there, the other stuff is really going to guide the decision on where I want to go to work. Uh, yep. Day after day, I I found that for sure when I was a full time technician in a shop. So I, um, I I wonder, I wonder if that is clear to as many you know shop owners as maybe it should be. Right, that hey, there's there's other stuff. <laughs> the in the maybe intangibles, maybe in some ways they are tangible, but yeah. Um, I, I think that's a great question, and um, I, I wish I could tell you that uh, more of them have thought through the process. Uh, part of what we do, a big part of what we do, is that, that initial onboarding call, and I ask dozens and dozens of questions because, um, you know, we all know that it only makes sense if it's a good fit for everyone, and what I always tell, you know, either shop owners or managers when I'm talking to them is I say, hey, you know what? Um, I really like working with shops that um, are interested in providing a good place inside and outside of the shop. I want, you know, the, the uh, and this comes through. It comes through in the ad because if you're a shop that says, hey, we want your life to work inside and outside of the shop, then the whole way that it's managed is different. The way that you have holidays is different. The way that you, you know, have a no weekends policy is different. You know, all of these things are different and it's all important. And you can try, I mean, right away, all you need to do is go on somebody's Facebook page and look through, scroll through a business's um, posts and you can tell if they care about their employees or not. You know, mm-hmm. you can sure. tell really quickly. You can tell if they have barbecues and they go bowling and they do all this fun stuff. They go camping and, um, you know, if they're celebrating birthdays and they're doing all these types of things. and if they aren't, that says something else too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that may be a, a big part of the problem. And that all comes out when you're going through this, this thought process. But what I always like to do, and it's interesting because a lot of the times what will happen is once we go through this process, when they say no a bunch of times, they'll start looking at me and saying, should we be offering that? <laughs> and I said, yeah, you should, you know, you really should be offering that. And yeah, you really should have AC in your, you know, in your, your shop that's in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah you really should, yeah. Yeah. you know. So it's that kind of thing. But, you know, I think it, when you're, a, 
you know, when you own a business, and, and the funniest part about this for me is most of my clients started as techs, you know, and they, they worked their way up. And it's just funny how there's a shift in mindset when you own the business and you kind of forget where you came from mm-hmm. and then things shift. Now, it's not all, you know, not all of them, but sometimes you have to bring it back to, hey, remember when you were in that position? Let's make this, let's switch this around a little bit. Let's make this a little bit more, um, you know, let's, let's have a little bit more give and take. Yeah. Um, the, it's funny you say that. It, I think it's very common in this industry, especially on the independent side, for a former technician to be running a shop because they got fed up with wherever they were at and they decided, well, I could do this better for you know myself. And in some cases, they definitely do. But yeah, it's they're not coming into it with a business background for say, uh, you're, you're just a technician. You're very good at fixing cars and now you just want to do it for yourself. Yes. And it takes some time to understand the business side of things. I'm actually in that transition myself of becoming a business owner, but I'm still doing the technician work, but I am trying to figure out the business side of things. And it does change your mindset on certain, your perspective, I should say, on certain aspects of how the, the daily workflows and what things cost yeah. And, yeah. and what people are making and all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it, give it a certain amount of time. And then all of a sudden you've become the 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 term that i've seen out there that people one of them evil shop owner yeah. <laughs> that's right one of them yeah you know it, some of the um most successful shop owners and I, I mean i one of my clients i was just talking to him today and he's just a great guy i've been at conferences with him when he takes his his staff to the conference i see how he interacts with them i mean his staff would follow him into battle i mean he, he really does a good job and what he does is everything is transparent he says, these are the numbers, folks. He tells them what he makes. He says, hey, look, mm-hmm. it's, this is the pie. This is how much I get of the pie. This is what goes to, you know, vendors. This is what goes over here and rent and everything else. And he gets a lot of support because it's all transparent and everybody understands they're working together. They're rowing the boat together in the same direction. And, you know, it's, as you were talking, it reminded me of um, E-Myth. And Emith revisited with Michael Gerber. And, you know, that's the thing. It's like we all, uh, you know, I did it myself. You know, it's, um, it's, you're a technician that has an entrepreneurial seizure. So, yep. you know, and a technician can be, you know, an automotive technician and technician can be an accountant. You know, a technician can be someone who does something really well. And then they decide that they can also do the business well. And I mean, you nailed it. It's different skills and it is a different mindset. It really yeah. is. I uh, I read that book this summer. I listened to it, yeah. uh, an audio book, and classic. I, was, classic. I was like, "Are they talking about me here?" <laughs> you know, when it was the the technician, and it's a baker in the book, yes. but really yes. no different. A person with a set of skills, and she makes the business. She is the business, right? Yes. Her yes. her skill set and her mind. What I do. Nobody can copy this and I have to be the person doing all the work, but then also managing the business side of things. And of course, that's the whole point of the book is if you want a business to be successful and you don't want your life to be completely consumed, you've got to be able to let go, some of it go. You've got to be able to develop a system that can be replicated. And that's, yes. that's a great book. I recommend anybody that's 
you know, and getting into a business role to read it for sure. Um, Absolutely. And another really good one, I don't know if you read this one, Sean, is um, Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. Okay. No, I haven't. It's it's a phenomenal book. It um, He walks you through 60 different days, 60 different lessons, and it's every different aspect of your business and how to make every single aspect of your business better. So by the time you get through the 60 days, you've gone through all the different um, uh, areas of your business and you've made all of them stronger. So I highly recommend it. He's also got an online component of that. And when you get the book, you can engage in the online and he has videos for every uh, all the 60 days. Best part okay. about it is for busy business owners like us, it only takes you about five minutes to go through one of the daily lessons and the videos are you know five, seven minutes top. So you can get through that daily lesson, apply it, and get on with the rest of your day. Nice. Oh, that's cool. I'll definitely check that out. Thank you. Yep. Um, now, how about on the technician side of things? I mean, obviously techs are in high demand right now. So Absolutely. it's relatively easy to find work if you're looking for it. Yep. Um, and you can kind of you kind of get to pick and choose. Now I know it depends on your area and your skill set, but you a top tech can kind of pick and choose what they want to do and places will essentially roll out the red carpet for somebody who really knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- you know, for, for your average technician, what sort of things can they do if they're, you know, looking to change things up or looking for work to get the best opportunity, the best situation, maybe the best income. Uh, what are some things a tech could do on the, the other side of the table here? That's a, a great question. A great question. Uh, the number one thing I would say is um, you want to go somewhere where you can get training. You want to get your training. You want uh, someone who understands that um, a well-trained tech is, uh, is valuable. And you want to, I mean, in the final analysis, we are our own business. And Brian Tracy talks about this a lot. He says, and you're you, Inc. So whether you own a business or whether you work inside of somebody else's business, you are the product. And if you have more education, you have more training, you have more experience, you're going to be worth more in the market. So, um, you know, the, I think the smartest shops and particularly the smartest business owners and shop owners that I know, they understand this. They pay money for training. And it's not this, you know, cheesy, uh, you know, you can go to training, but, you know, you got to take a, a day off and all this kind of stuff. It's, hey, look, we're going to pay you to go to training. It's during work hours, so you're not going to miss time with your family. They get it. They understand. Um, they pay for your, your certifications. Um, you know, if you want your ASE certifications, uh, they'll pay for your certifications. They'll pay for whatever it takes to get you to be a better individual. And... I don't see any slowing down of the industry. You're in a great position and um, the need is just going to continue to increase. And it's just a great place to be if you continue to get better and you continue mm-hmm. to continue to learn and train. Yeah. Uh, investing in yourself, you, you can't Always. lose. <laughs> it's um, Always. It, it's so important. And then, yeah, finding a place that will assist you in that. Okay, you got to put in the effort, right? Maybe your investment is just time if you find the right place. But yeah, finding 
a shop that'll cover the the cash in order to do that or and do it on maybe yeah during work hours or send you to these events. Um, that's that's huge, and that would definitely be a question of mine if I was looking at a shop. Is do you you know do you offer training? What are you paying for? Uh, you know how many hours a year um, of training would you expect me to have? That those are the sort of things that I would one hundred percent want to know. Um, Absolutely. It builds you up, right? Like you say, you know, you're a business. We're almost independent contractors as technicians, especially if we're on a flat rate pay scale. Um, And you have to think of it that way. And absolutely, just doing the daily grind over and over and over again. Yeah, you're going to learn some stuff, but man, actually seeking out some education, that's, that's where the magic happens, I think. Absolutely. And, and things like shops that offer tool allowances, you know, there's, uh, gosh, I can't even think of, of, of another um, industry or another profession where your tools are so expensive, you know, and right. a lot of the, you know, a lot of your early years are, you know, accumulating these really expensive tools. So, you know, is a shop willing to help you with that? Um, are they, um, you know, are they willing to help you in, you know, in other areas? You know, we talk a lot about relocation. So one of the things that we do a lot of is, um, uh, you know, you can, if you go on Indeed, it's pretty interesting and you might want to check this out if you haven't looked recently, you can go into their analytics and you can look at how competitive the automotive technician jobs are in a 25 mile radius of your city. And so you can see on a scale of one to 100, how competitive they are. You can see how many job ads currently have the word automotive technician in the ad in your area. Okay. You can see who the top advertisers are. You can see um, how many resumes there are. So how many people are out there on Indeed that have resumes that have automotive technician in the resume title. All different. You can see average salaries, high end of the salaries, low end of the salaries in your 25-mile radius. It's just a, a wealth of information. And when you go out there and you take a look at this, one, it'll give you a lot of confidence, you know, when you go in sure. and, uh, you know, I have a lot of conversations and, you know, somebody will tell me, I'll say, well, what's the salary range you want to offer? And they'll tell me and I'll say, mm, <laughs> let me show you what a technician is going to be looking at. You know, they're going to be looking at your competition on Indeed and this is the range on Indeed. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking for, you know, a solid B-Tech, I mean, you know, you got to come up a little bit on that because that's not mm-hmm. going to get you that. So it's a good way to, you know, have a, some bargaining power. And it's also a good way to just find out what's going on in your area and stay up to date. Yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal f- tool for somebody who, I mean, <clears throat> whether you're looking or just, just considering it. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with at least knowing what else is out there. Right. And even if you don't leave your current employment, you can say, Hey, here's what's out there. Um, let's, let's have a discussion about the future here. Um, I think that would be, I I actually, I'm going to go check that out. I'm just curious to know what it is around here, um, after we're done talking and see, see what it is currently because I've, uh, so I was a full-time technician, um, well, since I graduated high school up until 2017, and I transferred into teaching and doing some programming work after that. But it's it's been a few years, and just talking with the guys in the shops lately, um, the salaries have gone up significantly in the last 
five to six years, I would, I would say. Um, but which hey, it's great news, right? Um, this is, uh, it's, it's not, uh, not easy work by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, no it's not. And I, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're aware of, you know, general inflation overall, um, general inflation affects all of us. And, you know, a lot of these calls that I'm on with, um, with shops is they talk about, Hey, look, if you're not raising your prices in line with, um, inflation, you know, you're going underwater because people need to be paid more parts are more expensive I mean, everything is going up. So, you know, you need to make these adjustments and as employees do the same way, you know, it's, um, you know, within reason, you want to make sure that you are at least keeping pace with inflation and, mm. um, you know, making sure that you have, uh, you know, you're, you're leading a good life with the income that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. But like you say, there's a, it ain't slowing down anytime soon and these cars aren't getting any less complicated, but that's, uh, that's some of the stuff we tackle on the podcast here is ways to stay up on the technical side of things and get through all the interesting problems that cars have nowadays. So it's unbelievable. I, I just heard a statistic. Um, they, uh, uh, someone was talking about all of the computer systems that are inside of cars today. And they said the average car today has more computer technology than the um the rocket that landed on the moon yes it's it's interesting just to think about that i mean it's just it boggles my mind yeah it's it's nuts when you really dive deep into everything that's going on as this thing's rolling down the road 80 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and and now you know some of them somewhat driving themselves at that point too it's it's even more impressive what they're able to do but of course it's such a it's such a harsh atmosphere for technology to live in in a car uh, um if you're in your house you know technology electrical in your house like it just doesn't have the same issues as going out and driving it in the salt and the sand and the rain and the bumps and it it just that's a great point got, i never thought about that it's got so much uh, so much to hold up against and you know some cars do better than the others the engineering that goes into it um but yeah anyways all this stuff's going to keep breaking so we need guys that know how to know how to work on it so um so if a technician were interested in something like this uh just do they do they reach out to you do they get on with you and then you can help them find a shop or you do you work solely with the shops we work we do work primarily with the shops we do get people that reach out to us because we work with so many different shops every now and again we'll get a, a technician that says hey look i'm moving over to this this city do you have any good shops that you can connect me with and we're happy to do that um typically the service though is um we work directly with the shops but that being said if anyone would like to reach out um we have a lot of you know, for example, we ran a campaign for um, one really well-run shop that we work with up in Washington State, and we ran a campaign down in Phoenix, and it was a relocation campaign because, I mean, we all know how hot Phoenix is. It's just ridiculous. And uh, no offense to anybody that lives in Phoenix. I mean, it's a beautiful <laughs> city. It's a beautiful city. It's just so darn hot. But um, we ran a, a little campaign down there to get people that, you know, wanted to do a little bit more fishing and and, uh, you know, mountain sports and skiing and that kind of stuff. So, um, 
from that, we got a lot of responses from technicians that said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm interested. Um, you know, I'm ready to make a move and, and come up there. And, you know, this particular shop was willing to offer a relocation package and it worked out. So um, that's another thing that we can help connect you with as well. Okay. All right. I just want to be helpful. So any way that we can be helpful, I, I love matching up good techs with good companies. I really love doing that because you spend your whole life working, right? You uh-huh. know, yeah. you just don't want to be miserable. You absolutely yeah. don't have to be, and you don't have to be miserable. Exactly. Yeah. They say you spend uh, you know more time with the people at work than you do your own family a lot of the time. So absolutely. Yeah. You should you should at least not hate it at the very yeah, least. <laughs> absolutely, and, or, or feel like you're on the same side. You know, not feel yeah. like you're this is adversarial. You know, you got to watch your back when you walk into in the door. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, run an ad here in the Twin Cities, Minnesota, about February. We'll put on some beaches and palm trees and stuff. <laughs> you might yeah. get that same reaction as the uh, the Arizona thing. Yeah, it's when it's yeah. twenty below here. <laughs> Right. Right. That's what gets you thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a lot of areas and I mean, you're in such a great position because, um, you know, I had a a buddy when, uh, a few years ago, we, we still talk a lot, but my buddy, when he was young, he was a bartender and he just, he went all over the world and he didn't, he never worried about it. He went, you know, for like 10 years, all he did was he traveled around and he could always get a job because you can always get a job as a bartender. So it's kind of, you know, it, this is like the best of both worlds because, you know, you're not a bartender. You've got a much higher skill uh, uh, occupation that is needed everywhere. And sure. it's such a great opportunity because you can just, you know, basically go to Google, Google Automotive Technician in whatever city you want to be in. And boom, some things pop up and you've got opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm, technician biased, right? I'm on the tech side of things because I was one and I've just, I have been really happy in the last few years to see um, the opportunity that's been available uh, to guys, some of which have just been grinding for even decades. Um, But some of the new technicians, uh, you know, coming up that they've really got some opportunity. It's cool. Um, I remember when I was just going into tech school, I was, I was actually, I was working at a gas station as just a, a clerk checking people out. And I was telling some older gentleman about, I was going to tech school and to learn how to fix cars. Right. he's like, Oh yeah, you don't want to do that. You know, you don't want to sign up for that. You're never going to beat the book. You're against the clock all the time. You're never going to make any money. Right. And there's always people that are just going to be Debbie Downers in life. Um, but I can honestly say, Hey, I'm glad I didn't listen to that guy because it ended up that this is a great industry to be in. Yeah. It sucks. Sometimes it's not all rainbows and sunshine by any means, but, um, I can say, I, I feel very just blessed to have, you know, the career that I've had so far in the automotive industry. It's been, it's been great to me. I, I have no complaints. So it's good it's to see that for other people. Yeah, it's, it's outstanding. And you know what? I don't, uh, whenever I, I hear that, whenever I tell people what I do and I hear something like that, because there's a huge misconception and I think it's a marketing problem. I, I think that the industry needs to market better. Um, I think that this needs to be available in schools. 
Um, you know, there is nothing wrong with, with the industry at all. And I know, I know techs that make four grand a week, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, that's one of the things that, um, if you get good at your craft and you're one of the best, then, I mean, you can write your own ticket. I mean, it's not going to be about money. It's going to be about what you are good at and what you like to do. You know, I, I think of that story that, you know, Earl Nightingale used to tell. And he says, you know what? Most people are standing in front of the stove saying, give me heat and then I'll put the wood in, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. It's, it's yeah. like, you gotta, you gotta put the wood in and then you get heat. So, um, the way that you put the wood in is you, you get training. You get good at what you're doing. You, mm-hmm. you just develop your skills. I totally agree. Uh, definitely. Well, cool, Chris. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, do you have, do you got anything else that you want to mention? Maybe how shops can find you. You got a website or anything like that? Yeah, I have a website. Um, it's technicianfind.com. If you are, um, you know, if you're interested in making a move and you want uh, to talk a little bit about some, you know, some decent shops in an area that you're looking for. Hey, I'm happy to happy to help you out with that. Um, you know, if you just want to, you know, I don't know why you would want to, but if you just want to riff for a little bit and, and chat and maybe, uh, maybe you've got an offer and you want to talk about that and, uh, you know, you want to get a perspective from the owner's perspective, you know, I can, uh, you know, I could maybe guide you through that as well. Hey, however I can be helpful, you know, I, I operate by the same, um, principles that I've been talking about. When I first started working with the automotive industry, I knew nothing about it. I had to go in. I had to be a quick study. I had to really start, you know, I had to listen to a ton of podcasts. I had to talk to everybody that I could talk to. I went to conferences. I really wanted to figure out how I could add value. And that's how this whole company and this whole business came about is because I just kept looking. What's a frustration for my clients? What problem can I solve? How can I add value? And that's what guided me all the way through this process. So if I can be that for anybody else, I'm happy to do that. Um, and then you can send me an email, chris at technicianfind.com. Happy to, I respond to all my emails and happy to help out. Awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, put links to both those in the show notes so people can click on them, make it easy. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time this evening. Hey, the uh, pleasure's been mine, Sean. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to serve your uh, listeners. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Big thank you to Chris for spending some time with me. Enjoyed talking with him. Hopefully you did as well. Uh, remember to check the show notes for the link if you'd like to pursue anything further with Chris. Other than that, I uh, hope everyone had a great Christmas, uh, New Year's coming up, and then we're on to 2023 already. You can't believe that. That's crazy. Also, like to thank everybody out there for listening and the feedback about the show. I appreciate it. Keep it up. I'll get back to everybody as soon as I am able. But with that all out of the way, let's get out there, start fixing the world one car at a time.